Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody and welcome to another Real World Road Test on Radio Show Limited's network of channels. And when we say real world, that's exactly what we mean. Because the subject of this particular programme has just completed a 2,000 mile round trip in my hands. And it is the 2017 Mazda CX-5. Real World Road Test. Well, I thought we'd kick this one off right at the very end of the long part of the journey that we've just done. And I'll start by... Actually, I should turn the ignition back on so that I can tell you exactly what the uh, stats say on the uh, on the information panel. Uh, it is 1,982.2 miles at 48 point eight miles to the gallon now that's a little down from when we went out uh, i had almost uh, 58 miles to the gallon on the outbound journey i'll admit that uh, on the return from barcelona uh, we had had some higher speed running but also we had uh, some running through the mountains as well which has uh, certainly affected the fuel consumption however where you look at it though I think that's pretty impressive before I talk about the cabin let's uh, go and have a look at the outside of the car and give you an idea about this new for 2017 car nice big door by the way opens wide and now, unlike so many Mazdas that you see, this CX-5 that has done this mammoth trip uh, over the last week or so is uh, not Soul Crystal Red. No, no, it's Nautilus Blue, which is an extraordinary colour, actually. Uh, I think it really suits the car, and it's a, a mid-to-dark blue that in some lights looks flat, in other lights it seems to be almost chameleon-like in its ability to pick up the colours that are around it. And in the sunshine, it's absolutely stunning. It imbues the car with almost a, a personality. On a grey day, it sort of fades into the background. On a bright day, it stands out and shouts, hello, here I am, which is, I think, really nice, actually. Um, it, it's a very difficult colour to photograph and do justice uh, so if you are thinking about one of these and you decide that this might be the colour for you, don't pick it just from the little swatches uh, in the magazine. Do go and have a look at the, the car yourself in that colour. Uh, let's start at the front of the car. This is a brand new car uh, and uh, although it is clearly uh, a CX-5 and retains some of the styling cues from the model that it replaces, uh, there's so much difference. Starting at the front with a much bigger grille, this one with a, a black uh, grille with the big Mazda uh, badge right in the middle. There's a chrome finisher on the underneath 
of the grill and it's got a, a sort of mesh grill uh, registration number plate right in the middle quite a deep front spoiler but also quite a pronounced snout on this car that finisher that's underneath the grill and the radiator air intake opening goes right through into very much smaller and thinner headlights which as is the fashion nowadays peel back into the wings into the fenders uh, a bonnet which unusually nowadays isn't concave it's actually convex two beautiful complex curves and a pretty flat surface of the bonnet coming down the sides a nice big wheel arch opening with 19 inch rims and tyres here uh, ama- amazingly the 55 profile tyres actually looking uh, quite high in terms of their sidewall but I've just checked them and they are 55 um, more about what they do for the car uh, later on the wheel arches themselves are finished with a bit of plastic here uh, which is in a dark grey colour that stretches down to the front of the spoiler as well and there are some tiny little uh, fog lights corner lights as well if you like uh, down there which I actually didn't notice until I found the switch for them uh, inside Uh, they are very good indeed down the side of the car well this is the place that it looks most like the outgoing model the silhouette if you will is very similar the arrowhead third window down the side behind the the back door to uh, the front end is a nice curve all the way through to the ear pillar. Nice big rear view mirror sitting on the door. And uh, as I said, the door that opens all the way past the sill, reasonably high sill, but uh, not too bad. Nice satisfying clunk when you close the door. Coming round to the back again, it's clearly taken the design cues from the model uh, that. Uh, has just been run out, but uh, uh, there's just a, a few subtle changes. bit of tidying up, but this is not just a restyle. This is a new car, and you can really see it from here. Again, though, it's not massive changes. Uh, new rear lights here, which go into the rear wing this time. They're slightly narrower, but retain the Mazda, tradi- Mazda tradition of having uh, a big central feature in this case a big round feature the slight spoiler over the top of the rear window very good by the way keeps the rear window very clean indeed and a a pretty sensible uncluttered very mazda like rear end which is all pretty good isn't it now this car's got the black privacy glass on it also has the addition of a powered tailgate tailgate opens up Uh, on the electric motor and reveals a very big, very flat floor. Underneath the floor, this one doesn't have a spare wheel uh, in common with a lot of cars nowadays. There's a wheel well there and it's got some a little bit of storage underneath. Not much, I should say, but uh, it's got a squirt of sealant and uh, compressor and things like that uh, underneath there. Now, I've found this boot very very useful indeed it's pretty square uh, it's pretty good to get into huge opening Uh, i can't even touch 
the tailgate when it's up with my head. Now I'm just under six feet, so that's a pretty good thing. And you can push it past where the electric motor takes it to push it up even higher. Very impressed with that. I'm also impressed with little touches in cars that prove that people are thinking. Now, most cars of this type, with a hatchback or a tailgate, uh, will have a... uh, load cover of some description Uh, this one is fastened onto the back of the tailgate so when the tailgate opens it uh, stretches out from here behind the rear seats uh, with a bit of extra mesh so you can still see through into the car if you're chatting or you need to wave at somebody and get something Um, or indeed if people are in the car the tailgate is up and you can see out back from it as well. I just think that's a genius idea. First of all, to fasten it straight onto the back. Secondly, to have that little bit of mesh. If there is a slight criticism here, it is that the floor is quite high because of the fact that it's got that compartment under here in the boot with just uh, which just flips up. It's got the towing eyes and uh, some equipment in there as well as part of the Bose stereo. Good news is it carried uh, all the luggage for a week away down in Spain and uh, plus the obligatory stop at the French supermarket on the way back uh, because even with the pound the way it is, it still is worth shopping and uh, getting some of your provisions during your weekly shop these there's also a 12 volt outlet there which the cool box was plugged into worked very well indeed uh, it automatically turns that off when the ignition is off or when you get out the car and lock it up um, but if you're in there and even just with the accessories on that runs which is also uh, a pretty decent thing as well all right let's uh, get inside and give you the lowdown on that. That's just the boot closing. Uh, first of all, the back of the car. You know that my patent test is to get into the back seat behind my driver's seat, which is easily achievable. Uh, this car has got a light colour. It's called stone leather. Um, it does brighten up the inside. It wouldn't be my choice. I'll say that now. Um, but the seats are extraordinarily comfortable, front and back. Easy to get into, age, even for ageing parents. Before I zipped off to Barcelona in this, uh, my father jumped into the front and into the back. No problem at all. Slightly theatre-style seating, which is good because it means you can see across the top of the driver and passenger seats from this uh, back seat. Huge amount of headroom. Uh, again, nowhere near the roof. Quite a high waistline uh, with the privacy glass here. That possibly could make things uh, a little uh, a little dark in the back. But this extra arrowhead window, which is the, uh, the Mazda way nowadays, uh, does give a bit of extra light. And... It's a very nice place to be, sitting in the back, very comfortable. If there's, a again, another point of order here, please, Mazda. The door pockets, although they are shaped to take a water bottle, it would have to be a very small one because they're not very deep here in the back and there's no other storage in the back other than the pockets behind the front seats. Air vents in the middle there. Right, to the business end. 
So here I am installed in the driver's seat. You know, they say there's a little bit of a sports car in every Mazda. In the CX-5's case, let's come to the handling in a moment, it's the steering wheel because it could have come straight from an MX-5. Beautifully uncomplicated in these days of needing a separate handbook just to get through the steering wheel controls. It's bereft of accoutrements that aren't necessary. Just a couple of buttons on either side for the driver information system, speed control, answering the phone, turning the music up and down and selecting what you're listening to. Brilliant. Uh, Covered in leather, feels great, moves up and down and in and out. Just two stalks either side, uh, indicators and lights, mostly being left on auto and... On the other side, the windscreen wipers, uh, see above, mostly being wet, left on auto. Um, quick word about the lights, by the way. This has got the LED light pack on, and I still giggle. I think they're, I mean, they're worth whatever the option price is on pretty much any car that you can get them. Just for the entertainment value of driving up, in my case, a French Payage, a French motorway, toll road, uh, in pitch black, and watching them open and close because you can't really say turn on and turn off because they sort of fade in and fade out and lighting up the bits of the road that the sensors were allowing them uh, so to do brilliant stuff and work very well on this cx5 Uh, also in front of me instrument binnacle uh, which has three dials two smaller on the outside and the speedometer in the middle Left-hand side rev counter, right-hand side information system, and all works very simply and very well. Um, White numbers on black background. Um, It's classic, isn't it? You don't have to look at that very much, actually, because this car, which is the Sport Nav 2.2 diesel with 150 horsepower, has, has also got the addition of the projection system, the head-up display system onto the windscreen. Uh, That is a colour system, so you see the road signs, which are read by the car. Uh, You can also transfer your speedo up to there and your navigation equipment. And having been driving this car in Europe, where the speed limits are all in kilometres, putting the head-up display speedo into kilometres made life very much easier also you can see things like the cruise control settings up there as well i left it on all the time i found it brilliant and not at all distracting and uh, i i think it's a great idea uh, moving to the other controls and equipment sat nav system that sits on top of the dashboard very nice dashboard by the way real premium feel to everything in here um, especially i like this a uh, black uh, well, dark grey and shades of grey uh, finisher here that looks like a, a darker wood. It's not, but it looks good, and I like it. Just enough of uh, the bright work as well to to bring everything out and the double stitching on the doors and round the dashboard. Really, really lovely, really giving uh, the CX-5 a premium feel. Anyway, back to the sat-nav. If you have a Garmin system... Um, and I have a Garmin system for the old Porsches, and I have one built in to the BMW motorcycle, then you will immediately recognise it. That's the system that it's running on. It's an updated version from what I've seen before. Takes a tiny little bit more uh, getting used to, but once that, you're off and running. It's fairly intuitive. Uh, it, it, it People 
like or don't like Garmin, I, I tend to find. Or you're either a Garmin or a TomTom person, and I understand that. I am a Garmin person. It's worked fine. I admit there's one or two things that's a tiny bit clunky on it that I had to get used to that are slight changes from the ones that I've been using um, in uh, my other vehicles. But it works. It works well. It worked in Europe. It did what I wanted it to do, which is get me around. The rest of the centre console, again, is wonderfully simple. And I say that in an absolutely positive way. Four-way flashes, hazard flashes, right in the middle, exactly where you want it, between the two uh, air vents in the middle. There's four air vents, two on either side, two in the middle. Uh, Three uh, stage heating for the wonderfully supportive seats. I've, I've literally just come back from a thousand miles more than a thousand miles of driving and i could turn around and do it again electric operation and adjustment at two memory seat uh, two two memory setting seat system on that and really really lovely uh never felt that i was getting tired in the car once I, you know when you set a seat and you just leave it you don't have to fiddle with it. I got my seating position within the first five or ten minutes of sitting in the CX-5, and it's never been moved. Stored on position number one. All good. Um, below the seating controls, or below the seat heating controls, heated steering wheel as well on the Sport Nav version, uh, is a very simple and very effective little panel that works your ventilation, heating, and aircon. Gear lever, six-speed manual, this car. Um, which some of you might raise an eyebrow at, but I think it suits the characteristics of the engine, of which more later. Uh, And then the very simple rotary control with a few buttons around it that is sat-nav operation uh, plus your entertainment, car settings, etc., etc. Electronic handbrake, and then behind that a couple of cup holders and the centre console armrest type thing that you open up and in there, there's a nice little slidey tray to put your smartphone, a couple of USBs and connections and some places to put SD cards. It's quite deep. There's a lot of stuff goes in there. Couldn't get my uh, iPod Touch to work uh, with that. Kept telling me I had to download something, which um, I couldn't do, obviously. And the other thing that I have a slight issue with is I would like the top of this elbow rest, armrest if you will, to be either slightly longer, in which case it would encroach into where your your cup holders are, or at least be able to slide backwards and forwards. It's kind of in a no man's land at the moment where I don't know whether to use it or not. And I found, had this car been an automatic, I probably wouldn't have used it and I would have complained more. But because it's a six-speed manual, in sixth, cruising along with the cruise control on, I tended to have my hand on the steering wheel and that pushed my elbow far enough back to be able to use that. Um, whereas through town, I didn't bother. Um, again, like the back seats, very few storage areas. There's a, a, a deep uh, void here at the front of the centre console, which you can get uh, things like payage tickets and, and such like in. That works very well. And it's got another... 12 volt socket in there there's plenty of those another one in the in the underneath the armrest um, but the door pockets in the car uh, on the the doors the the driver and passenger doors i just think that they're a little bit shallow the again there's a cut out for a drinks bottle which then leans forward but there's not really much usable space otherwise 
Um, honestly, these are very, very tiny things. Two good rear view mirrors, which despite their side ma- size make very little, if any, noise on the move, certainly up to legal speed. Um, I've got loads of headroom the way I'm sitting in here as well. Um, quite thick ear pillars with very lovely Bose speakers installed uh, in them, full Bose system in this car. But generally speaking, the uh, visibility is very good. Uh, it's easy to place the car on the road. There's a backup system as well with a camera, which makes, of course, parking a little easier. Right, let's get the CX-5 out on the road. Real world road tests. The first thing you're going to notice about this Mazda CX-5 2017 model is despite the fact that this is a 2.2 diesel there's virtually no engine noise coming through into the car even when the car is cold even when you have got the windows down and it's it i had to look twice to make sure that it was a diesel and i panicked quite a lot when i put the diesel fuel in that i was doing the right thing fortunately it has diesel written in large words uh, large letters on the side of the fuel filler uh, the steering is quite light at slow speeds but that weights up nicely when you are driving along and Mazda have done that very difficult thing of being able to just uh, balance manoeuvrability of what let's be honest is a, a medium sized crossover car and being able to get you to feel comfortable whilst driving the car um, and and parking it and then it's still feeling what I would call planted uh, when you pick the speed up now whilst this isn't an MX-5 and neither is it meant to be a sports car uh, Mazda have a line at the moment on their advertising that says uh, driving matters and it really feels as though they've carried that through into this car the gearbox is absolutely fabulous you can sneak through the gears easily um, which frankly is not a real issue because with this car the torque of the 2.2 four-cylinder diesel engine is so prevalent from such low revs that you can get up into top into sixth gear so quickly that once you get it there you pretty much drive it like an automatic so you're not stirring the gearbox big tick there for me however as you've got a gearbox it does mean you can exert control and on the way back from the circuit to Catalonia I decided that instead of braving the queues at the border between Spain and France on the coast road that I would head up into the mountains and go th- up through Andorra now that road makes the Stelvio Pass look like it was built by the Romans and it was dead straight and very wide it's an extraordinary piece of tarmac beautifully kept I should say and clearly a favourite with the local motorcycle as well as pedal cycle clubs and the CX-5 took it all in its stride third and fourth gears even through a tighter hairpin allowing it to be relatively relaxing and the scenery to be enjoyed but the car always feeling composed now earlier I mentioned the 55 series 19 inch tyres and wheel combination I think Mazda have done their sums very well when they have specified this car and its wheels because there's enough wheel and tyre in there to make the car look imposing their 
is enough sidewall to make the ride and handling, particularly on motorways at, well, it's 130 kilometres an hour, which is over 80 miles an hour, the limit. And cruising at those speed, it's premium class in terms of noise, vibration and harshness. You'll often hear the manufacturers talk about NVH levels. And the ride is very impressive too. Whilst when you do want to, I'm not going to say hustle the car, but certainly if you want to make progress, then you can use the gearbox, use the very good brakes, the precise steering, and use the car as you might expect. It's a Mazda after all. So, all good news right about now, and frankly, there's no downside to that. You either like and need a car in this category, or you don't. I suppose the alternative in terms of interior space and luggage carrying is a more traditional estate car. Well, Mazda have got one of those too, and that is the Mazda 6 Tourer. And we had one of those at Le Mans in 2017, and that was impressive as well. You can get that with this same engine. And whilst 150 horsepower might not sound an awful lot of horses for a car this size, with the torque and with it being a four-cylinder diesel, it's more than adequate. And I don't think you can argue with almost 50 miles to the gallon on the sort of mixed running over 2,000 miles that I've done in the last seven days with this car. The engine is a perfect fit for the character and the personality of this CX-5. And the Sport Nav trim, well, that's got all the toys that you could want. Now, this car is only two-wheel drive. There is an all-wheel drive option, and there is a more powerful engine option as well. But I've got to say that this would be a hard car to turn down. So it's good news all round for this uh, new, for 2017, Mazda CX-5 2.2 diesel Sport Nav. You might not think of Mazda as building anything else other than their brilliant MX-5. That would be a mistake because they've clearly put the same sort of attention to detail and passion, thoughtfulness and also their love of driving into everything else across their range, including this CX-5. One drive one, I think you'll be impressed. Another real-world road test. Check out more at RadioLeMond.com.